Summoners, welcome back to another episode of League of Legends Radio. I'm your host, Ponder Sealine, and today we've got world's hype. USA, USA, USA. We're not gonna make it out of groups. <laughs> uh, USA, USA. For real, though, we're gonna be talking about worlds. I have none other than my good friend Austin Explicable on the show to discuss who he thinks is going to make it out of group stages. But, the plot twist, he does not play League of Legends and will be going based on no prior knowledge except for me probably fanboying over Faker and Bjergsen at some point. I'm sure it's happened. In any rate, we will be talking about his picks for worlds and how baseless and completely useless they are, so suck it, Reddit. The other thing that I'll be discussing is why I think that Seda Devourer is such a good item in League of Legends. That sounds like sarcasm. But then you remember that I made Master Yi, because I have no self-respect. <laughs> For real, I really think that Sated Devour does a lot of things right, and that it's just an item that gets QQ'd about. I, I feel like it's so cringy to say QQ out loud. Like, it, it doesn't roll off the tongue at all. It's QQ is gross. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Sated Devour. I really think that it's a good item, and I think that it has a lot of things going for it. And I actually wrote a post on Riot's official boards. Yeah, I know, those exist. Talking about and analyzing why I like Seda Devour and why I think that it is such a good idea that just needs to be perfected. We have all that and more, but not really more. That's literally all we have in this episode. Coming up on this episode of League of Legends Radio, check out this transition music. Yeah. Awesome. Alright guys, I have with me this week my good friend Austin, who goes by Austin Explicable. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome, sir. Now, I heard that you're actually one of the highest ranked Counter-Strike players in the entire world. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Well, you know, I picked up Counter-Strike just like a week ago, because, you know, why not? I figured it was one of the hottest trending games, the hottest MMOs in America at the moment, so I figured I'd pick it up and see where it took me, and it took me to greatness, of course, because I am a great man. Spoken like a true champion, that was all complete lies. You're actually garbage at every video game I've ever seen you play, except for Mario for the DS. But, this is true. enough of small talk, we've got worlds, baby! Alright. Here are the rules. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can hear the excitement. It's palpable. Here's the rules. You'll be told the team name, what seed they are, and what region they're from. And based on that, you will have to make a decision of who will make it out of worlds and who will not. So let's get started with Group A. All right. All right. First in Group A, we have Counter Logic Gaming from North America, who was the first seed North American team. Next, we've got the Flash Wolves, who were the second seed in the LMS, which is, I believe, Taiwan's version of the LCS. 
Thirdly, we All have right. the Koo Tigers, who were the second seed in Korea. And lastly in that group, we have Pain Gaming with a capital N for some reason from Brazil. One of the two international wildcard teams. All right. CLG, Flash Wolves, Koo Tigers, Pain. Give me your order. Well, you know, I'm always a fan of the Unduck story. I like the movie. Just kidding, who did? It's a terrible movie, but uh, I have to go with Pain. Pain, the capital N, I think gives them an extra edge. You know, like, look at the capital N. It gives, it has two extra edges on it. Like, a lowercase N, that, that's got nothing. It's got just straight, curved, nothing. You, you can have some cerise on there, add a little bit of flair, but I think the capital N is really going to get them to the, the, the finals. Wow, so you're actually putting one of the international wildcard teams who have historically only actually won a single game because suck it, Europe. <laughs> suck it, Europe. Kaboom all the way. You're going to put them yeah, yeah. over the second-seeded Korean team and North America's first-seeded team? I'm, uh, I'm not usually a betting man, but if I had to bet my first and second-born child, I would bet it on them, all of them. That, that literally sounds like the definition of a betting man. <laughs> yeah, well... You know how it goes. You know how it goes. All right. Who is your second seed to make it out of that group? Well, uh, you know, I myself own a lot of products, and as we've seen, a lot of products are made in Asia, uh, specifically China and Taiwan. Okay, that's true. I am going to assume that championships are also made in Taiwan, so I'm going to go for that that number two seed you, you threw at me. The Flash Wolves? Yes. All right. All right. So you're actually predicting that Counterlogic Gaming will be knocked out, which means that you hate America because, as we know, America's the only country in North America. And you're also knocking out the Koo Tigers, who are considered to be the best team in the world for a good part of this season. Very interesting picks. We'll see how that works out for you. All right. Let's go on to Group B. Group B, Team 1, Fanatic. Undefeated in the regular season, if I'm not mistaken, they are first seed in Europe. Invictus Gaming, the third seed from China. AHQ Esports Club from, that was the first seed in the LMS, which was the Taiwanese region. And Cloud Ninth, the team that was facing relegation until very recently when they came back and reversed swept all the best teams in North America to earn their third seed spot at Worlds. Again, that's Fnatic, Invictus Gaming, AHQ Esports Club, and Cloud9. What are your picks? Okay, so looking at this from a strategic standpoint, you know that uh, we're hail from, uh, I'm not going to say specifically what city, but we hail from a city in the lower half of the U.S., where it's it's hot a lot of time and you're not seeing a lot of clouds. Okay. I'm not I'm not predicting cloud nine. Okay. I like your reasoning. A max of eight clouds on a good day. (laughs) On a good day here. All right. It's because Texas sucks. That's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't want to say that outright, but thanks. Thanks for that. Um. (laughs) Then we got a. Because cloud nine is knocked out. Obviously, they're just in the garbage bin right now. I have to go with the uh, Europeans, the, the, the Fanatics. Okay, uh, Fanatic. Yeah, I mean, Fanatic usually, I'm, I don't, I, don't quote me on this, but I think Fanatic is a good word. It has a positive connotation. That's like, true, that's like, true. Fanatics yeah. have been known to do some good things throughout history, like 
you know, usurp kings I mean, and destroy people. Yeah, but yeah, that I mean, genocide aside, I think that uh, fanatics are good. So fanatics, okay. especially from Europe, you know, my boy, uh, my boy, the big H. <laughs> oh my uh, God, <laughs> I cannot leave this in the show. <laughs> One more thing that I think it's important to note about the word fanatic is that while the word would typically have the word fan in it, that's actually where the word fan comes from is fanatic. Fanatic actually spells it F-N-A-T-I-C. How do you think that's going to work out for them if it doesn't actually spell fanatic per se? Taking out the A, that's a power move on their place. That's, that's a power they're, play. They're saying, they they're saying we own the English language so bad. How are you going to stand saying, a chance against us? Yeah. But then you they're have to keep in mind that only two of, the, two of the four teams in this group actually speak the English language primarily. So yeah. even though it's a power play on the English language, do you really think it's going to affect Invictus and AHQ? Well, I'm thinking that because... They switch up that English on them. And it's gonna, it's gonna freak them out. They're not gonna know what hit them. They can plug "fanatic" F N A T I C into that Google Translate, and it's not gonna come up with anything. It's not that's true. That's true. I, that, I didn't think about. Freak them out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, plus the A, I think that's a power play on their part by saying that there is no A in team. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, but there I, is I, an I, I just did the math. in we. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, so not so, Cloud9, yes to Fnatic, and Invictus or AHQ, who else makes it out of Worlds? Or makes it out of groups? Well, uh, let's see. Ah, well, I'm a fan of acronyms, uh, so THQ, I gotta go, or, no, not THQ, they're a good gaming company. AHQ, them, them's my guys. Them's yeah, your guys? They're, they're my picks, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling, you know? All right, so Group B, Fnatic and AHQ, Group A, Flash Wolves and Pain. Let's move on to Group C. Group C. All right. We have the first seed Korean team, SK Telecom T1, world champions in season three, with arguably the best player in the world, Faker, on their team. Okay. Okay. H2K Gaming, the second seed from Europe. Edward Gaming, the second seed. From China and the Bangkok Titans, one of the international wildcard teams hailing from Southeast Asia. Hence the Bangkok. All right. What are your predictions for this group? SKT, H2K, Edward Gaming, Bangkok Titans. Go. All right, so that first one you laid on me, uh, that really stuck with me because their name sounds just commercialized to all hell. That's uh, true. SKT, sounds- SK Telecom is a big company in Korea. Okay, yeah, see, and so because of that, they got to have some CEOs knowing what they're doing, right? Okay, that's Wrong. true. Oh. Wrong. I just switched up. Because <laughs> they have the best player, they're going to have the enemies going after the best player. Okay, that's true. And if you're talking about any traditional sport, like we're talking like, you're talking about like, think my boys the Spurs. Okay. The finals. Uh, we are going to go for LeBron James because, you know, he's a powerhouse. We're going to all, like, go, like. All we're all going to try and shut him down, exactly. We're going to be on defense on him. Yeah, we're okay. going to just smother him, and he's not going to survive. Like, he's <laughs> going to literally be killed because we're smothering him. We're not even doing this on the court. We're smothering him yeah. before he even yeah. gets to the game. <laughs> right. Pillow in the night. That's how we go. That's Pillow in the night. The Spurs guarantee. 
All right. Mm-hmm. So SK Telecom. So, they're out. They're just, they're out. They're out. Okay. A bold prediction from a bold man. So that leaves H2K, Edward Gaming, and Bangkok Titans. Who else do you think is going to make it out? Well, see, uh, Edward, that strikes a note of uh, childhood, of nostalgia for me, because i got to say, I watched too much Thomas when I was a kid. Too much Thomas the Tank Engine. Thomas the Dank Engine, spawner of MLG memes himself. Yes, the very same. And Edward, although he was a bit of of a killjoy on the show, you know, he he used like, no, Thomas. Ha! Ha! He he was was that guy. Uh, (laughs) What the hell was that? (laughs) 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 Can Can I use that for like my, like, welcome to League of Legends radio? Ha! Ha! Can I do that? (laughs) Absolutely can, sir. <laughs> okay. So, I'm feeling Edward because I feel like Edward in Thomas Tank Engine show, uh, narrated by Ringo Starr. I watched the original British version because I was the realist. Um, I feel that Edward will pull ahead, and uh, to all the other enemies, he'll say, "No, Thomas, ha, ha," and uh, that'll be it. That'll be that. So. That's one of my picks. Do you think that EDG, yeah. Edward Gaming, is going to be so strong that they're actually going to be the only team to make it out of Group C? Do you think that's a possibility? I mean, I'm actually, I'm feeling that. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Okay, so. You just said that I didn't know about, I'm feeling it. <laughs> so, Edward Gaming, huh, huh, looking so powerful that they're actually going to be the only team to make it out of Group C. Is that your prediction? Yes, because I think the other one to make it out would have been SKT, but as we discussed previously, they're dead. They're dead. We smothered them in their sleep. Mm -hmm. Goodbye, Faker. Goodbye. (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah. The final group at Worlds, Group D, is consisting of, or consists of, rather, LGD Gaming, the first seed in China, KT Rolster, the third seed from Korea, Team Solo Mid, the second seed from North America, and Origin, the third seed from Europe. Again, that's LGD, KT Rolster, Team Solo Mid, and Origin. What are your picks? All right, see, right now my brain is going off. My brain is saying, well, hold on. You know one of those things. And that thing is TSM, (laughs) Team Solo Mid right there. So, uh, because those words are not complete gobbledygook to me, I am immediately putting them in. Okay, so TSM is already in. Yes, yes. All right, perfect. Um, Because if you didn't, I would have been slaughtered by all of the TSM fanboys. I just want you to know that. I would not have survived the night of this episode going out had you not put TSM in there. So, thank you very much for that. I'm glad I could save a life. You know, that that was my goal tonight. Pick TSM, save a life. Never forget. Yeah, yeah. All right, so TSM, Origin, KT, and LGD. Who do you think is going to make it through? See, LGD. That sounds like an acronym. What does that spell out? What does that stand for? I don't for? know. I don't speak Chinese. All right, all right, fair enough. Uh, so because you don't speak their language... Uh, We're not going to know their that, tactics. Uh, not gonna, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I was leading up to. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> because... I would never want to obviously, put words in your mouth, obviously. How, how League is played, uh, <laughs> you do not think on the spot. You do not feel what your teams are feeling. You have to write out commands 
in the game console to get a character to move. Wow, it almost sounds like Rune, RuneScape a little bit. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. That's what I'm saying. I, a little bit of a conspiracy theory I have in my mind. I think League of Legends is just reskinned RuneScape. That, that's my honest opinion. Really? I, I think that's true. I've never heard that before. That's your conspiracy theory? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's well-founded. I mean, I, I understand um, that you would actually be the expert on this because you have played upwards of five games of League of Legends in your entire life. That's more than the average pro player. So you think that you really have uh, maybe uh, more of a basis to go on than a lot of people would? Well, yeah, I mean, I've played, I've played League of Legends before. Um, I've played a character. You played Rise. Wink, wink. Yeah, I played. I played Rise for a while. You know, uh, he, he cast. He uses he cast spells, spells and magic. Uh, yeah, and he's oh, blue. And, and one game, I feel that this gives me an extra edge. I played with just a trackpad because I'm that. Pro. <laughs> I remember that the mouse ran out of batteries in the middle of the game, and he started playing with a trackpad, and it was the most pathetic thing I've seen in my entire life. Pathetic or heroic? <laughs> I like the latter. I think pathetic would be the correct word. Or well, p- correct I, adjective I to use there. Yeah. All right, so we've kind of awesome. wandered off from the original yeah, point. Wrapping it up. LGD, KT, uh, Origin. LGD. Who's going to make it? LGD and TSM. Those LGD and TSM. All right, so yeah. to remind the viewers or the listeners or what are, I don't know, it's a podcast. I don't know what you are. Of your yeah, picks, yeah. we're picking the Flash Wolves and Pain Gaming out of Group A. We're knocking out Counter Logic and Coup Tigers. Out of Group B, we're picking Fnatic and AHQ, if I'm not mistaken. Those were your picks? Yes, they were. All right, in Group C, we've got only Edward Gaming is going to make it out. All the other three teams are all going to be knocked out. And from Group D, we've got LGD Gaming and Team Solo Mid. Those are my predictions, and I'd like to stick with them. All right. We'll see how many of those predictions come true. I'm really thinking you could be on to something with Group C that could really use some more investigation. Austin, thank you so much for being on the show. I think you really had a lot of insightful points to make that a lot of traditional league players just would not have grasped without you. Oh, you're welcome for my expert opinion. I'd glad to give it any day for you, You know, I, I really like internet forum sites because they're just the perfect place to go and spew all of your worthless hive mind opinions without being yelled at, you know, by rational people. And I'm not claiming that I'm special and that I don't do this because every single vein thread that I see just gets an instant thumbs up. Aside from pointless rambling, I actually made a constructive if you can believe it, post on the official League of Legends boards that no one goes on because Reddit exists. But I'm going to read over it and elaborate on some of the points that I make. An analysis of why Devour was a good addition to League of Legends. I'm was Ripped Emotion, a Diamond 4 Master Yi main. I've played this game for about three years now, and I've played with Riggles, the Dreaded Feral Flare, Release Devour, Nerf Devour, and Sated Devour extensively. Here's why Sated Devour is by far the best iteration of the on-hit attack speed jungle item family. It's kind of a mouthful to say, but we 
especially the veterans are going to remember all of these different forms of the same, so to speak, formula of the attack speed item that gives on hit whatever damage and is built by champions like Warwick, Zinzao, Master Yi, Shivana, Kale if you're Satan, um, champions like that. So I wanted to talk about why I think, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I think that Riot has really struck a brilliant idea, and we know how often that happens, no, but they have struck a great idea with the Sated Devourer, and here is why. First, let's outline the issues that have plagued this item class for as long as time can remember, sort of. They end up extremely overtuned. They give too much upfront power for an item built specifically for the late game. They promote an AFK farm mentality. They're snowball reliant. If you're ahead early, you can just continue stacking to infinity and beyond. Of course, that only applied to the old jungle items, which is something that I'll go over. There's no chance for the enemy to actually stop your snowball because it relies on player-jungle interaction rather than player-player interaction. This one is most important in my opinion. And last but not least, coordination is required to contain these junglers typically, and that's hard to come by in solo queue. Well, solving the first two points is pretty simple. Play around with the numbers until you have a more balanced finished product. The third one is an issue of players reacting poorly to the item rather than the item itself, in my opinion. I like to run Exhaust on Master Yi because I prefer to teamfight in most cases rather than just split push, and I appreciate the early presence it gives. Players' AFK farming has more to do with their lack of knowledge than it does with the flaw in the item. Whether or not the item promotes this type of gameplay is beside the point. Bad players equals bad utilization of the tools they're given. This applies to more than League. That's a universal law of ineptitude. So, really, when people complain about things being overtuned, and I agree that is a viable point to complain about for things that are legitimately overtuned. I think people are reacting a bit too harshly to Devour. I don't think it's actually as good as people make it out to be. But when something is strong and in some ways frustrating to play against, it gets complained about more heavily than other things that are strong but maybe aren't as totally annoying Things like Riven, when they're strong, get absolutely more hate than other types of champions when they're strong just because they're so oppressive and they have patterns that are not necessarily more difficult to exploit but are more frustrating to try and exploit and if you mess up, more painful. This is kind of what happens with Devourer, especially in solo queue. Seeing a Master Yi run at you and two-shot your ADC because he got a million kills earlier, it's easy to just point the finger and say, well, it's because Devourer. It broken. Nerf. Because that's what you all sound like. At the end of the day, that had more to do with it being a Fed Master Yi than it did with necessarily Devourer being overpowered. Did Devourer play a part? Sure. But that's because it took up one of his item slots. It's not necessarily that, you know, a Phantom Dancer wouldn't have done the job just as well in that situation. It The item is not necessarily the most annoying part. It's the fact that these champions who build it often have frustrating playstyles. Let's look at Xin Zhao. Xin Zhao's never really considered, I mean he has been considered OP in the past, but he's not really the greatest champion right now in the current iteration of what champions are played and which ones aren't. At least in LCS. He works fine in solo queue. Every champion works fine in solo queue. Play whatever you want, but I'm talking about more LCS right now. 
very high level of play. You don't see as much Zinza because he focuses more on one versus one and doing a lot of damage without giving you necessarily the most time to react. He's got a built-in lock-on dash, very annoying to deal with in a solo queue environment, which is why he gets complained about. Same thing with Warwick. Suppressions are pretty easy to stop and deal with as long as you have a decent team comp and decent coordination, both of which are lacking from solo queue. So these, and of course, I don't even have to go over Master Yi. You guys already understand the issue there. These champions are not necessarily completely overpowered as much as they have somewhat irritating playstyles and patterns that are more difficult to maybe exploit in a team-oriented game. If you're playing against a Mumu, spread out. Not the most complicated thing in the world. Does it always happen? Of course not. A Mumu still lands five-man ults all the time, but it's pretty clear what you have to do to counterplay a Mumu. While it seems simple enough on paper to CC these champions who are melee carries and just jump into your team and wreck someone, it's not as easy to do in practice, which is where the issue stems from. Not necessarily the champions or the items being overpowered, but the fact that they're more difficult to deal with and more frustrating for the player. As far as I said with the third point about promoting an AFK farm mentality, that's just players being bad. If your jungler is AFK farming because they want to stack Devour, they'd be AFK farming no matter what. The item itself attracts bad or noob junglers because they see it as overpowered, because when the item is overpowered, it's more, I guess, obvious in some ways than other items being overpowered. I mean, don't get me started at the beginning of Season 5 Warrior, but it, it just... It attracts bad players. The item attracts the bad players. The item doesn't create bad players. Good players are going to jungle well no matter what item they're building. Bad players are going to jungle badly no matter what item they're playing. Just more bad players like to play with this item. It's not the item's fault that your jungler sucks. Your jungler sucks because your jungler sucks. That's At the end of the day, that's all I can say to that. And there's a little bit of overlap with what I'm talking about. I sort of cover the points a little bit off of order because I'm giving my own commentary as well as reading, so you might hear me repeat some points, but don't worry. Point four is something that Sated Devourer fixes excellently, even if one player sates faster than another, eventually they both end up with the same exact item. This has always been an issue with the on-hit jungle item tree. Once someone has started up, they can literally snowball infinitely. With things like the old Feral Flare, they could continue to stack and stack and stack, and you couldn't really stop them because they're so stacked by this point that you can't fight them. Taking away this aspect makes the item much easier to balance and prevents most abuse cases by capping any given champion's allowed strength with the item. Basically what that means is champions can only get so strong with this specific item now. In the past, they were able to continue to farm up and because they're strong, they can farm freely. Because they're farming freely, they're getting strong, and it's an infinite loop that can't really be stopped easily. The champion that's behind will be getting more and more behind because the champion that's strong can go counter-jungle them, kill them pretty easily because they're strong, so it just continues to snowball viciously in both directions. That's... It still exists with, with Sated Devour. It's just not nearly as prevalent because the item has a specific strength that it caps out at. So even if one person states five minutes before the other, after that five minutes, they both have the same item. 
I really like that because I don't think that I think that infinite stacking mechanics do have a place on champions like Nasus and Vigar. I think it makes sense for them because of what their goal is to do. Makes less sense on a jungle type champion like Master Yi or Shivana to just be able to snowball and solo carry the game based off of that. I don't really love that part of it, but which is why I like that Riot removed it, removed that specific snowball mechanic, because I don't think it was creating good gameplay, which is what I'm all about. Number five is also a big issue that Devour does a good job solving, in my opinion. Early dragons hugely affect your stacking now. In my above paragraph, I mentioned that it all evens out, no matter how quickly or slowly you sate, but everyone knows that sating earlier gives your team an advantage. This is an advantage that would be reaped regardless through you having more gold. This just highlights the fact that League is a team game based around objectives, not seeing how fast you can run through the jungle and kill stuff by yourself. This is something I talked about last game, how League of Legends should be how League of Legends should be a team-oriented game focused around working together to collect objectives and push down the enemy nexus. That's what League of Legends is all about at the end of the day. And seeing that really be promoted by this emphasis on early dragons, early objectives, is something that I really like to see from Riot. Because getting that early dragon control is already a good thing. It just puts more emphasis on it for the player to do it and have just another reason why it's important and just another reason why the game should be objective focused in that specific game. I really like that about Devour. Some people think that it's too snowbally, and whoever gets the first dragon gets or screws over the other guy, and I can see that. I agree with that to some extent, but again, it's just one guy getting it faster than the other. They'll both end up with the same thing eventually. It's just what can they do with this early game advantage that they've now gotten over their opponent. Forcing players into taking dragons forces team coordination, even though many champions can solo it. Your, steam, your team still has to keep enemies off you, there are often wards to contend with, and really, sneaking dragons doesn't work as well now as it used to in previous seasons. Back when Madstone was a thing, I would always solo dragon at about level 3 or 4 as Master E, and the enemy team would know nothing about it, and I really won a ton of games just based off of that strategy, off of Getting my team that free advantage. I mean, I was a bit lower in elo back then. This was probably when I was goldish elo, maybe high gold, low platinum. It's much more difficult to achieve in diamond. Still doable. I mean, with the new dragon. It was still doable back then in diamond is what I mean. But but now that that's not as much of a thing, it dragon really is a team-coordinated affair even more so than it was in previous seasons, because your team has to keep people off you while you, if you quote-unquote solo it. Your teams are still distracting the enemy laners. Your support is probably the one that bought the pink ward for you to use at Dragon. I mean, not always. I like to buy pink wards myself, but... Point is, you, when you solo a Dragon, it's very rarely you are the only contributing factor to getting that Dragon, because if your laners weren't there, they'd be all up in your jungle... Checking to see where you are, they'd of course have that warded unless you're playing in Cardboard 5, 0 LP. And so even though you can solo dragon, you can't ever really solo dragon, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Okay. 
Ah, Solo Queue. The reason that Katarina and Akali were picked or banned for so long in Solo Queue is because they prey on the lack of harmony Solo Queue is famous for. Stopping a jungler looking to sate is often a team affair. Denying jungle camps, warding enemy jungle, preventing early dragons, those are all team efforts, and in solo queue, things that require a team to stop are often considered OP because team spirit is sadly in short supply. Say that five times fast. If people knew the tactics required to shut down a sated jungler, they would have a much easier time dealing with them, and we might see less complaining on the boards about them. What this means is what I was just sort of talking about is in a few seconds ago. Stopping a sated jungler or a Riven or a Katarina or an Akali when they're super snowballed and ahead is extremely daunting and difficult to do. Even when they're not ahead, it still requires some team play to achieve this to achieve this effectively. And because solo queue lacks coordination, which is something I was mentioning earlier, it's really hard to pinpoint these champions and stop them effectively. So that's the reason that Sated Devour is seen as overpowered a lot of the time. You can't stop it by yourself. You need a team. You need to be de denying the enemy jungler camps. You need to be counter-jungling them. Otherwise, they just get ahead and the game gets out of control. This refusal to change one's playstyle, and if you're a Moomoo, I feel sympathy for you. You're not going to be able to do much in the way of counter-jungling, but for a all you other champions out there, all you jungle Garens, all you jungle Skarners who are just sitting back AFK farming in your jungle, it's kind of time for you to go make an adjustment and go stop them. Take those Scuttle Crabs. When you see them bot lane, go take their big Wraith. Go take their Golems. They're not going to do anything about it. They're bot lane. Just really be on the lookout for ways that you can set them back because the longer you set them back, the longer it takes for them to get strong. And the longer it takes for them to get strong, the earlier you can win the game. That's the real way to stop Sated Devour. So, in summation, Sated Devour is easier to tune, requires smarter play, increases player-player interaction, has a more visible power budget than any of the previous iterations of this type of item. And this is honestly one of my favorite balanced decisions Riot has ever made. Whether the item is overpowered or not at the moment is irrelevant. What matters is that we have a way to fix it, and it's an easier way than we've ever had in the past. Just give the item a chance, and I'm sure Riot will make the changes that need to be made. The formula they've struck is excellent. They just need to stick with it and not rework the damn jungle for the 14th time in a row. <sighs> That's the whole post. I, of course, added my own commentary and broke up into different sections. I will link the whole thing in the description it'll take you about five minutes to read but it will be much more condensed and easier to follow i suppose i didn't go as into detail about everything that i would have liked but i mean it's still about a page long it's pretty long regardless one thing that i left out of this post because it didn't really fit very well is the fact that it also forces junglers to play efficiently and play smart. Any failed gank that you get, any time that you waste waiting for a blue buff to spawn or anything, that's directly hurting you more than it would hurt you if you were playing with Warrior or any of the other jungle items because one of the reasons that I'm so drawn to this item, to use a personal example, is because in League of Legends, I would say that I value efficiency over everything else. I'm really extremely efficient. I'm always looking 
for the best way to clear the jungle. Like, if I cancel an auto attack when I'm taking a jungle camp, I, I immediately get put on tilt by that. I mean, it's not bad tilt, but it's like, ugh. like, I get really irritated at myself for messing up something so simple. Achieving Sated Devourer in a timely fashion, fastest I ever got it in a real game was 1435. That was amazing. Udir is an amazing champion. But getting Sated Devourer in a timely fashion in a real game is difficult and requires you to think more than people think it does. Of course, if Master Yi gets five kills in five minutes, it doesn't really matter how efficiently he clears the jungle, your game's over anyways, but you really have to, especially when you're going even, you have to focus more on what you're doing, what your pathing is, and be extremely precise with your movements. Because at the end of the day, if you're not, you fall behind, and that's what I love about the new Sated Devour. It promotes good team play and good individual play on a level we've not seen with this item class ever, really. So, Riot, I think that it's in a pretty good spot. Maybe you could tune it down a little bit and it would be fine, but I really like what you've done here with this item, and I'd really like to see it be perfected to the point where I won't have to drink the salty tears of the 80 carry mains every day on the boards. Looks like that about wraps up me saying the same phrase in every single episode. No, but that just about wraps up our episode of League of Legends Radio. If you guys liked it, be sure to go scream from the rooftops. Like, actually go outside your house and scream League of Legends Radio. Eventually your neighbors will come outside and tell you to shut up. But if they come outside and tell you to shut up, that means that they heard what you were saying. They heard you yelling, League of Legends Radio, which means that you've planted the seed in their mind already to go watch League of Legends Radio. That's the best form of advertising I can get. But really, if you guys tell your friends about the show, if you follow me on Twitter, all that stuff actually has a meaningful impact for me to be able to do this. Not to make me feel good about myself or whatever, but it helps me with my listenership, it helps me get more downloads, and it really does help me on my way to growing my audience and being able to do more for you guys. So, really, if you could just tell one friend about the show, that really does help me out a lot. Thank you guys so much. Follow me on Twitter, and I'll see you next week. Oh, and I uh, almost forgot that I will catch you on the flippity-flop. This has been League of Legends Radio.